Welcome to the OME Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Petro. And on this podcast, we give previews of our monthly OAME webinar, which this year comes from our most recent OME 2023 conference this past spring. This month, we are featuring Ming-Yi Hui and Megan Whittington as they tell us about how to build fluency using engaging math routines to create empowered learners. So let's get right to our conversation. Hello and welcome. I am with Wing Yi Hui and Megan Whittington. Uh, Wing Yi, Megan, how are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, we're great. Thank you. How about you? Doing really well. Uh, today we're going to be talking about your session, Build Fluency Using Engaging Math Routines to Create Empowered Learners. But before we do that, can you guys just tell me a little bit about yourselves? So, hi, my name is Megan Whittington, as you said, and I have been teaching for about 20 years with TDSB now, really mostly primary that entire time. So JK through three in um, various various configurations. Uh, And this year I'm currently teaching a grade one and two split. And I would say in terms of Wing Yi and my relationship with her before I have her hand the mic over to her, we met about... 17 years ago and um, have worked really closely together for the duration of that time in that we've had lots of mirrored classrooms and we have a very similar pedagogy. So I'll I'll maybe let her build on that a little bit, but um, that's a bit about me and a bit about us. Okay. Hi. Uh, So I've been in the TDSB for the last 17 years. And before that, I've been working in various settings for 10 years in Montessori, uh, early childhood settings and private schools. So as Megan said, we met here. Uh, I started in the kindergarten setting uh, next to uh, Megan, who was my neighbor. And, And then we both, I don't know if she mentioned about us doing a master's together, that's which sort of brought us together. And I've been doing kindergarten to grade one, two setting, uh, currently teaching a grade one class. So. And so have you guys presented together before? Yes, many times. Ah. <laughs> Way too many times. <laughs> um, this is like an old rodeo and it's actually one of our sort of passion rodeos in, in some sense. So uh, in, we got together first as a project with OISE they had a project called M4YC in 2013, which was a research project that's looking at early years mathematics and how children learn math with a professor named Joe Moss. Um, Megan, do you want to continue on that? About Yeah, um, so M4YC stood for or stands for Math for Young Children. And yeah, we sort of became, uh, I guess we were invited to be a part of that research through through our masters and some of the work that we were doing at the time. And it was predominantly looking at spatial reasoning with young children. And that work led to Wing Yi and my first presentation at OAME with another colleague, uh, Barb Mitchell. And we shared what we had learned about um, spatial reasoning in young children. We looked specifically at kindergarten to grade two that year. And then since then, we've returned to OAME to present on other topics. We've talked about math talk. We've talked about the spiral, math approaching the curriculum through a spiral, and most recently, math routines. 
So whenever OME is in Toronto, we try to seize the opportunity and try to submit something and see if it gets accepted. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious, as uh, teachers of younger students, you teach all subjects. How did you become a little bit more focused? And maybe I'm in- incorrect here. Maybe you're, you're not focused more on math. And, but I, from my perspective, you're focused a little bit more on math here. How did that focus on math come about? Well, for me, I would say that I really did not view myself as a mathy before my master's. And so I found myself, I did a course-based master's, and I found myself doing a lot of courses um, in mathematics. And in doing those courses, I was bringing research into the classroom, and I was seeing what the kids were doing with the work. And it was amazing and inspirational, and it profoundly impacted how I teach math. And, you know, at the time, the, the math reform at the time was sort of all about open-ended questioning and journaling and three-part lessons, spiral, spiraling the curriculum, math talk and learning together and from each other. So within a classroom and seeing what the kids were doing, because before that it was much more, you know, my work is my work. Somebody's copying me. I, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a collaboration. And so for me, that's how I would now label myself as a bit of a mathy, but I wouldn't say, I mean, as you said, we're, we're teaching all areas of the curriculum. So it is a, a big part of what we do and it feeds nicely into many other curriculum areas. But I would also say, I would also label myself as, you know, lots of other subjectees. I think our research in the M4YC has also ignited a, a fire in us in, in terms of uh, observing how children learn math. And it became sort of like, well, what if we approach it this way? And we started having conversations because I was also teaching a different grade. I was kindergarten at that time. We start looking at the continuum and how if I were to do this in kindergarten, you follow this in grade one. And when she was teaching grade two, three, and I said, if I did this in grade one, you did this in grade two, three. And, and we started sort of, and if that philosophy was, were to continue, especially with math talk, how would the children grow in that way and how confident they would be, become as learners? And so in ourselves, we started, even though we weren't, uh, when our project was done with Oise, we began sort of doing our own little, you know, math research within our own classrooms, which sort of led us to say, oh my goodness, like there's so much out there, you know, and math became a focus, but we also realized math was also part of everything else, you know, in, in terms of uh, subject areas. It, it related over to overlapped language because math is very much language too. We talk a lot about math and it, it's, it, and it, it ties over into science, you know. We do a lot of STEM work, right, in, our, in our, um, both our programs. So this is why I think math is such a crucial part of, um, I actually it was Joan Moss who said in our studies when we first, uh, that math is actually a better predictor of student success than actually literacy. So that sort of stuck with us quite a bit too. Okay, now you've already sort of alluded to it a little bit, but I always like to ask my guests uh, how they first you know, heard of OME and got involved with OME. So maybe you could elaborate a little bit on where that start came. Yeah, we were, uh, for me, definitely 100% introduced to it through M4YC. I had not, had not necessarily participated in anything with OME before that. 
And so that was my, my introduction to it. Yeah. We were linked to Jane Silva, who was our math coach at uh, also at the board at the time. And she also served on the board at uh, OAME. And she said she was the one who suggested, you should take this to OAME. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And, and we had you speak uh, last year at OME 2023 in Toronto. As you said, if it was in Toronto, you, you put a proposal in. So uh, obviously that was accepted. And, and you're going to be speaking to us about your session, Build Fluency Using Engaging Math Routines to Create Empowered Learners. So I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what you will be talking about for our webinar this month. Okay, so our presentation on math routines looks carefully at 10 different math routines that we do in our classrooms regularly. And we believe that math routines are a really lovely way to engage students in meaningful math. It's a fun way to practice and it gives a lot of opportunity to revisit concepts, which we would argue, leads to deeper understanding. So we share in our presentation 10 routines that we use that we think are good for all primary classes regularly. We also believe that these routines can be done throughout the year in a spiral format so that, uh, you know, it allows for expectation that the kids are familiar with and also builds their confidence because it's something they're familiar with and they can, we and we build on those concepts and the routines. and and that makes it sort of uh, fun for them, engaging, and also builds their 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 understanding and deepen their understanding <laughs> and problem solving and build their fluency in the end. Yeah, all of those things. And inevitably, it leads to empowered learners. And so can you give me an example of, of the 10? Uh, uh, of course, they're all your children and you love them equally. But if you had to pick, if you had each had to pick a routine... You have your chance to tell me about one of them. Each of you pick one routine to tell me about right now. Okay. Do you want to start, Wingy? I think one of the routines that really talks to me, I'm sure Megan will probably talk for this one. I'll steal your thunder here on this one. But it's number talk, actually math talk or number talk, using those images that are out there with the math talk images. It's amazing what kids bring to it because you can flash an image and say, what do you see? What do you think? What do you wonder? And numerous of answers that comes from kids. I mean, it always, the first one is always like deer in the headlights. What are you asking me? Because it's asking children to express their you know communicate their thinking which I thought oh am I supposed to sit, do that instead of giving you an answer <laughs> so I think that's one of and it's amazing what they eventually build up to like we you know uh, say for example there's an image of 12 ducks with one duck missing and and you have children who say oh I see 11 ducks but then you have children say oh I see a, an array there I you know they see addition they see multiplication they see you know a subtraction there so the 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 solutions are endless and and it's you see and it's so wonderful as a teacher to see the light bulbs start flashing and you know in their eyes and and they want more every time you know and 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 there's that wonder what's the next image you're going to show them so Mm -hmm. they love it i think like the key part to the routines is that it is fun and there's a ton of learning and often a lot of rich conversation that comes out of it but the kids love it they are cheering when you know they know that you're going to do a routine like the math talk or a number talk 
sabotaging dot plates they love working with. So all sorts of math games. There's another one we'll probably talk about that's called Splat, where it's really sort of visualizing math in a picture and being able to then explain what they see visually. I, I, I went on a tangent there because the, the one that I think I really want to speak about in terms of um, math routines is the calendar and how much can be packed into that work at the beginning of the day every day not just with calendar and weather, but also with number representation when you're doing something like counting the number of days that you're at school. And so we will share many, many ways that we build, you know, number conservation and number representation into the work we do with the calendar every day. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned Splat. I'm, I'm a big fan of Splat myself, and I, and I, uh, encourage teachers to use Splat all the way up into secondary, as it, it's it's a beautiful way to introduce the idea of solving equations without even having an equation. And so, so to have that 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 sort of mathematical thinking so accessible to to students in the younger grades, I think is is uh, is great. And 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 like I said, that that visual of the Splat is is so uh, it's so friendly, you know. It is, and it takes it off the page, right? And they're really engaged with each other and, you know, together and they're listening and they're sharing all these sort of ideas. And it's, it's so beautiful to watch. And, and I think we're lucky that, that, you know, Steve Wyburnie, who's developed Splat and some of the other resources, he's put those all out for free for everyone to use. So, I mean, to have those available, is just great. Yes, 100% agree. Okay, so now if you, when you think of, your 10 routines and you think of how you, you're structuring your class, how would you say that that differs or maybe you want to take, how do you find it similar to when you were a student? Oh my goodness. I would say it's vastly different <laughs> to when I was a student. Do you agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, well, number one is that you there is not that discourse that goes on in the classroom when we were kids. It's like, here's a sheet, fill out the answer and I'll tell you how many is correct and how many wrong. And you feel, you feel, you know, for fear of getting anything wrong, (laughs) you know, and you're, and you're put on the spot. Whereas sort of now we're encouraging kids, there is no right or wrong answer in the sense of, your thinking is is building on somebody else's thinking like so if you did get your answer wrong someone would you know you know respectfully agree or disagree so that it changes the way you start thinking so there's almost that Vygotsky way of learning you know that learning through your peer it's it's like it's almost peer tutoring rather than and and you know having the teacher be the primary delivery of the lesson which was you know how it used to be you know now it's more like um, communal kind of uh, learning environment. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, I what I remember from school is I do remember textbooks. I remember lots of practice questions. I remember mad math minutes that stressed me out. I remember trying to memorize my multiplication tables. And I remember being, I, I wouldn't say I had math anxiety, but I didn't like math. I really have, have come to love it as an adult. Um, and as, as being able to teach it and look at it through this new lens has been amazing for me because I, I feel before it was very much your work is your work. There wasn't the value of learning from and with each other. 
we didn't get the experience to explore and make mistakes in the same way that I think we're trying to encourage kids to do now. And so, you know, it's okay to disagree with each other respectfully. And then let's talk about that and explain it when it, you know, from a mathematical perspective, how, why did you see that differently? Or why do you think that, you know, your solution is different from this person? And let's look at how that happened and learning from misconceptions. That's all, I think, work that's being done now that maybe wasn't done in, in my past anyway. Was it there was a student in your class last year was it who said they didn't think they were good at math, but after engaging in math talk and all those lessons, he felt? Yeah, more positive. He did say that. So there was a, a, little, a little primary guy who, yes, absolutely vocalized that in class one day where he, you know, he said, I, I didn't used to think I liked math and now I love math. So that was, you know, that's a, that was a nice, a nice thing to hear for sure. Yeah, and I think any time that you have the students talking about math uh, openly and freely, you know, that's, that's a win. For sure. Yeah. And, and they do all the time. Sometimes maybe too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are those yeah, who try maybe, to dominate. Maybe. Yes. True. Yeah. Or jump ahead. You know, um, we had a conversation today, actually, just sort of about processing speed, because we were talking about uh, we, something had come up at the calendar that we were addressing. And I we were trying to figure out, you know, there was there was some mental math happening. And most of the kids were doing a really good job at sort of raising their hand or giving the thumbs up that they had something they wanted to say. But then in the end, one of them had to sort of blurt out, you know, I think it's 12 or I think it's whatever. And in the end, so we, we got to talk about the fact that, you know, well, that just sort of stopped everyone else's option to sort of or, or um, opportunity to think about the question. So in the end, what had happened was we, we had a, someone had noticed an error in the patterning that we were doing on our calendar. And we were trying to figure out where the error had happened. Because it was a repeating pattern, there were several areas that had happened, several errors that had happened after the fact, but we were trying to figure out where it started. And that was taking some time for some kids to, um, to figure out. So we did have a blurter this morning, but it provided the opportunity to talk about the fact that we all process things at different speeds and that it's important to sort of have that wait time too. Okay. So without uh, giving away your entire talk, which is uh, something I don't, I, I don't want to do here. I, I want to save some for our webinar. I want to thank uh, you two for uh, talking with us briefly today to give us a, a, an outline of what you'll be talking about uh, in terms of creating empowered learners at our webinar on um, November 8th. So thanks again for coming out and we will see you on the 8th. Okay, sounds good. See you then. That was Mingi Hui and Megan Whittington giving us a sneak peek of their November 8th webinar, Build Fluency Using Engaging Math Routines to Create Empowered Learners. This webinar is for OAME, this webinar is for OAME members only and they can register at our MCAS registration site. That link and links to Steve Weiblerney's flat site which was mentioned earlier in this episode, can be found in the podcast description. Next month, we'll be speaking with Jordan Rappaport and Ellie Weisdorf, where they'll be talking to us about their OME 2023 session, supporting access and inclusion for students with special education needs. So until then, stay safe. <laughs>